0: Welcome. Fancy new technology given to me by the government. My big brain
1: makes me so attractive. I want to read through Lord of the Rings. I haven't yet. I I feel kind of ashamed. Thanks for stopping by. I just heard Caleb
0: flailing around with his tongue. Do this or I'll kill you. It's like you were going to kill me anyway. You're an executioner. To see.
1: Brian has ascended. He is a god. What's up? They would say, oh, you think you're cute? Well, I think this bullet's also pretty cute. Pow! In Brian's attic. Or do we need to whip ourselves and cry? Hey, Bobby, step up. Boom. Bobby's head falls on the floor. You
0: can really download it. (laughs) You can really download it. You can really download it. Welcome to Brian's Attic. I'm Brian. I'm Andrew. I'm Caleb. He is, and we did it the
1: right way this time.
0: So yes, Andrew is being recorded. So only Andrew. Um, it will be a very quiet podcast. (laughs) Beautiful
1: we were talking about or at least i had brought up older films and because i had recently watched and as i recall you mentioned specifically zulu yeah
2: i had watched zulu which which you said you liked because of its composition and the emotional uh, the emotionality it was able to draw from you and you mentioned something about uh newer cinema feeling like it's lacking something and you were asking us if we had seen any older films yeah and our, what our impressions of them were Yep. if i've if I've gotten the measure of your comments.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and I was going to mention real quickly in addition to that. I I just think like it was there's like this uh cinematography, um the way everything was shot, the the care that was taken, it was filmed on location for authentic Authenticity's sake there was so much care taken into the making of the film even though it has a fraction of the budget that modern day films have and there's like almost a timeless quality to it and a lot of the older films that i've seen and obviously we don't have the benefit of being like 30 years down the line from the films that are being made today and only having the good ones left over because all the terrible films from that era aren't playing on stations now for the most part it's mainly just the good films that have survived but
2: well it's also not It's also much easier to make a film these days. Mm -hmm. So it's probably the fact that producers would be unwilling to spend money on ventures that they imagined would not have the most appeal Mm -hmm. for the most return on their investment. Whereas nowadays you can make a sort of cult classic. You can aim to be a cult classic and just make a modest return, Mm -hmm. which probably leads to the proliferation of uh, a lot more cinema in general. Added on top of the fact that, you know, anyone with a with a phone can can make a film now
1: so what, what do you think's been it, it, what do you think's been lost though if, if you well one well i guess to answer the first question if you guys like have you watched any older films like that that stand out to you that you really enjoy like it's a wonderful life Do you want to go one. first
2: brian or should i wait what was the have question you older... have you watched any older
0: films that stand out yeah. to us I haven't really watched much of anything lately.
2: I guess I'll go then. I recall two older films. Uh, one was in black and white, and the other was in color. The first one was 12 Angry Men, which I think That's should be a good one. fairly familiar to our audience. Uh, but just in case, it's, a, it's it takes place almost entirely... Uh, within the deliberation chambers of a jury attempting to determine the guilt or innocence of a man accused of killing his father. Uh, it begins with, uh, I say begin it, the the main story proper takes up with all but one of the jurors voting guilty and it goes uh, through almost all the jurors uh, being talked into voting not guilty by one guy who who doesn't believe that there's enough evidence to convict. Uh, that one was in black and white. At the time, I loved it. I thought it was really I thought it was really interesting. Um, now I think there are, uh, I'd I'd have to go see it again because it's been like maybe 15 years since I've seen that. So so you haven't exactly seen this recently? No, 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 not at all. Not at all, no. But I do, I do remember liking it. I'd have to go back and watch it again. Uh, to give you a more detailed review, but I, I couldn't help but feel like some of the writing was a little facile,
0: I guess. There are definitely problems with the legal process represented in that movie, which was originally a stage play.
2: I was actually thinking of like his arguments for trying to convince people kind of feel like... You mean the actual than... character Yeah, and his yeah, ability I, to he, do that? They feel well, more like emotional appeals. Mm-hmm. They are they are which 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 doesn't really uh <clears throat> strike me as particularly impressive if he's talking if he's trying to to establish objective legal innocence or guilt like he, he he you could effectively just remove the law and just make it about convincing people who have like, and there is no law it's just like eh hey, should we kick this guy off the island or not and then mm-hmm. have him make these emotional appeals i think but when it becomes a a back a back courtroom scene i feel like we should be paying attention more to you know, what's the, what are the potential
0: possibilities? I think part of the point of the movie is that it's showing how people's prejudice and their own—what uh, people are bringing into a verdict like that. It, it, and it's not necessarily talking about uh, a court case specifically in this movie. It, it's really individuals and your perception of them yeah, and how much— it, it, it depends on whether you're going to focus on the negative aspects or the mm. positive aspects of other people.
2: Yeah, the, the, the whole idea of it being a court case is like backdrop for the story that, 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 that's being told. I think I, you could argue that that's just to show the stakes. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean by, 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 uh, by backdrop. I, that's just right. I was going to mention, I, I've seen right. a lot of court. I thought you were going to say that, that it being a court case hurts the case, hurt, hurts the, the author's thematic point i i think maybe, maybe not a, court a thematic should
2: point. be logical it, it doesn't hurt the thematic point but i do think the fact that a court should be logical uh hurts the i, th- I think the theme exists outside of the backdrop but the backdrop is an unfortunate choice in my opinion mm. um if you had made it more just like a council of people in their village maybe it would it would seem less jarring
1: mm. hey.
0: Like I said, there are are definitely problems with the legal process in the in the play.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's what you want out of the film, though.
0: uh, Introducing evidence to support your conclusion that was not actually presented in court. Yes. Like one of the witnesses having the the dimples that are in in the nose from the nose pieces of glasses.
1: Mm. It's
0: like that's uh,
2: or or when I'm not sure what that would be called. The knife. (laughs) And he just like he just produces an exact copy, and it's like, <laughs> oh, shouldn't that have been entered into evidence? Like, hey, by the way, there's more than one of these things that we claimed was completely unique. So maybe I don't maybe remember. I haven't seen the film. Of that I, I, I to be honest. I haven't seen. Well, no, no. So, so, so they're talking about how the guy has to be guilty because he had the knife that was one of a kind, and right. that knife was also the uh, one that stabbed the dude. And then, uh. The guy who doesn't believe right, that he's guilty. Right. Just like in, in like the middle of deliberation after the <laughs> after the trial is over. Yeah. He just pulls out a knife it, and stabs yeah. the table with it. And he's just like, oh, I, yeah, I, I think don't the I have
0: idea this. is that the guy, the the juror who had the copy of the knife didn't couldn't see it closely enough to identify it as not unique. Oh, at the time, not until he'd seen it more closely in the, the jurors room. I see.
1: So what was the other Well that was the that was the the
2: black and white film the other film which I had seen more recently maybe like 3 years ago or so was The Magnificent 7 mm. which was about like seven cowboys in the US Southwest protecting this uh or it it was somewhere in like the the southwestern part of North, North America like protecting this uh this town from like banditos or whatever based off of seven
1: samurai right or seven samurai yeah
2: yeah, it was based yeah it was based off of it was just adapted from that
1: Uh, did you now now with these films you know even though they had their issues did you i guess what i I could say is did you did they seem like they're more rich than maybe modern cinema you've seen or i mean what's kind of your take on that
2: i think that this is a natural um progression in uh almost any medium of storytelling when the tools available for making the story more visually impressive uh have a tendency to become focused on more than the message itself so like and and for a very uh lay example of this like just a very like you know grug caveman expression of this is like when when the cgi is like way better than any of the dialogue king kong like, versus oh, godzilla I see what, like i can yeah. see like, i can see where the budget went mm-hmm. it was to make it look visually impressive but like things that look visually impressive that have no substance it's like a, you know that's the, the the it's just like a 2d cutout like oh it looks nice and you just tip it over and it's like oh well, no it doesn't
1: that's matter. that's that's what i was gonna say like i the thing i you know i've watched television shows like older television shows from the 60s and stuff as well i i find the dialogue to be so much better so much more well written and it's because they they were let's be honest
0: you're just thinking of star trek
1: think about it star trek the writing in star trek the original series is pretty phenomenal you know, obviously, there's stuff that's like
0: it is better than the movies. Oh
1: yeah, take the modern movies for the, example, the new like movies. how much money they put in compared well, to the limited th- think, budget. Think
0: also of
2: the think also of the added dimension. Uh, um, okay,
0: not to say that the. Uh, the writing of the new movies the the dialogue it i mean is necessarily bad it's just very different and not it definitely is not following the same pattern of the original series it is not supposed to be an imitation if it was it's a very bad imitation i think it's supposed to be for mass its own thing some well yeah that's more modern Audiences, because it it has that same kind of almost Marvel esque dialogue like style.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess what I'm going to say is. Um,
0: Which is fitting for Marvel, but I maybe not I actually
1: found that low budget sci fi shows have way better dialogue that's just there's a natural curve you look at Stargate SG-1 it was about a million dollars per episode which to you know sounds like a lot but it really isn't because when you look at the Mandalorian's budget for example 15 million dollars per episode now I'm not saying the Mandalorian has terrible writing I mean it's it's an okay show but it never made me feel anything like any really 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 strong emotions and so I guess
2: hang on a second hang on a second. The Mandalorian is derivative, not because of its its theme or subject matter, but because of the universe. It is derived from the Star Wars universe. There are things it has to be in accordance with, and it can't make stuff up as it goes. It doesn't have complete creative control and freedom, the same way that the makers of Stargate SG-1... uh and and the and star trek did
1: yeah no, i understand it's because it's nested within an expanded universe and that's the problem with a lot of modern so so think of how that think
2: of how that would affect like the star the star trek films they have to deal with the fact that they can't decide things that have already been decided like 60 years ago like you don't have the ability to make that decision so anyone who's who's trying to be creative can't do it in a tolkien-esque way where they're like where they're creating something whole cloth they're working under restrictions and s- while restri- restriction restrictions breed creativity but if if there are so many restrictions because someone else has already fleshed everything out then like what does well, Star Trek try to, tried it to break it away you the unless you've, you've got some, some kind the of Kelvin time creative idea. they tried to make
1: another timeline so then they could be creative but the problem is even though they made a different timeline it wasn't creatively written because it was just all the information
0: tried something similar with Star um, Wars
1: and,
2: and 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 why do you think that is partially because there's so much of a a focus on uh, I mean, with with better cameras that pick up more, you can have a uh, better choreo- choreography that gets that gets noticed. So a lot of it is on the, the lightsaber fight scenes. A lot of it would be on the force powers and the lightning and the whatever. And like that, just that goes to the core of show don't tell, or or rather show flashy things that everyone can immediately appreciate in like a thirty second trailer. I, I- but like a a, su- a subtler scene between. Moss Eisley or whatever her name was. Whisk or Moss Mos 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 is a place. Yeah.
1: Who who is the lady? Maz Katan.
2: Which one? Mo- Moss Katan. Moska Mos-K- yeah, her. The the lady with like the sunken and tiny eyes. It looks like she looks yeah. like she's from Pan Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, she looks like (laughs) that's what she looks like Maz Kanata like and like Ray or something that have like an actual subtle scene that might have been like good for establishing something like you can't put that in a trailer and and have people understand it and that's why and and even even in the movie you can't put that in the movie and like have people care about it and that that and you know how I know it's because that was when they played that one lick from like the original
0: movie (laughs) now I do know that's
2: copyrighted (laughs) <laughs> whatever dude like, like 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 it'll be able to pick that up anyway i remember <laughs> when i was watching the movie for the first time in like 2015 and i was going in with like ex- expectations and hope like so be hope. great <laughs> i heard that and i got chilled and i was like whoa like i was like this is great they're honoring the original spirit of the movie and then like they played it Maybe like three or four more times within the next 20 minutes, and I realized this was a soulless, ca- soulless cash grab. And, and, and all, of my, all of my expectations, all of the goodwill immediately evaporated. I was like, these people suck. And th- 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 this, th- this kind of became just imagine Andrew Andrew Hates Star Wars. the
1: movie starting to shrink up. And just... <gasps> my, my,
2: heart, my heart sank and my anger flared. But basically, the point I'm trying to make is. Even they understand that the people who are watching this stuff don't care about subtle scenes that have rich dialogue. They're trying to please the people who want to see the lightsabers. Here's here's
1: what I want to how I want to loop it back in though to the conversation if I could. I I I think that moviegoers generally speaking were perceived as more intelligent back in the day because the oh yes dialogue like you know was obviously they didn't have cgi fest because they didn't have the ability to make cg fights look nearly as good as they were now so even if you're talking uh And there wasn't a lot of material that people were falling back on to try to do nostalgia grabs like they're doing with Star Wars. And so I guess what I'm saying is what I'm finding myself more appreciating now, especially when I go back and watch older cinema, is the fact that back in the day, they treated audiences as if they were intelligent. And there still is films that do that. And there still is TV shows that do that, but not the mainstream ones. But like we're talking back in the day, there were some mainstream movies that were created that were extremely popular and box office hits that were well-written, original, um, that were creative. And I just, it, it saddens me that the majority of like the mainstream films are like you're talking about nowadays. For example, the new Star Wars films, Derivative, Cash Grabs, Going After Nostalgia, they're not films that were created to tell a coherent story with good dialogue and interesting characters. and. Uh, and and they're, they're not challenging. You're not challenged at all when you go see the new Star Wars films. There's nothing that like grips you. There's nothing that like you know makes you think. Um, I was gonna bring up,
0: but they killed Chewbacca. <laughs>
1: not, not. The, the the other movie uh i saw recently uh, that was older it was called the best years of our lives and it's about uh world war ii veterans coming back um after the war and having to adjust their lives one of them's disabled he had his hands blown off um in the war so he has to he has uh basically he has to use prongs because back in the 40s 50s they didn't even have like prosthetics um, See, the hook-handed, yeah, hook-handed man, man from
0: a series of unfortunate events. he's younger,
1: events. so, like, his—and the girl, his high school sweetheart, like, she still loves him, but he's very, like, hesitant to, like, spend time with her because she's afraid that she won't— she'll find him to be a freak and that she won't want him to be with him. Um, there's a guy, Fred, who went overseas who was a—what what, what would you call it? He's kind of a screw-up, but he did really well in the military. And when he came back, he had married a woman right before he left who was like working at a bar just in the spirit of the moment like oh I'm going to leave I'm never going to go back and he'd been so excited to come back to America after the war to come to his wife come to realize she only cared about him when he had a you know a lot of money and a lot of time so as soon as they blew through the GI bill money that had come in and he had to work you know like a crummy job he was miserable at the place So it's kind of, he had to adjust to that. She eventually cheated on him and divorced him. That's part of it, but he found true love. I know it sounds really cheesy, but like it's actually very dramatic and gripping. And the last guy was a banker who was successful before the war, but when he came back, he found that the bank he was working at was super hollow because they were denying people left and right as bankers have to do because they were more, I I guess you could say like the, the veterans coming in didn't have anything to put against what they were wanting to take out to get property or do other things. And so he was conflicted because he's like, oh, so we're just never going to support anybody. So I'm at this job, this job where like pretty much my job is to evaluate people and be like, hey, you're not worth taking a risk on. And so he kind of had a crisis as far as his career, but it's about these three guys' stories and how they weave together and how they figure things out. And it was like, it made me feel something. It made me think about things. It made me think about like that we stand on the shoulders of giants just thinking about the previous generations and what they went through with war and what they left behind and how they had to readjust. Like, it just took me to another era, another time. And it's like most modern films I've seen have, do not do that. And I'm sorry if that's kind of a rant. To And I was describing the movie. What movie it's was It's called this? The Best Years of Our Lives. Uh, it was in and how old 1946. Is it? So it came out right after the war. Okay, so
0: it is an older yeah. movie. I wasn't sure if you were saying it was a mo- more modern movie that was an exception. No, no, no. To the it's rule. an older film or an older movie that exemplifies. Yeah, what it you're exemplifies talking about.
1: what I'm talking about. It's like, and I would never want to. I don't normally care about like if there's a modern love story that came out or a movie that talks about people coming back from the war. It would not be nearly as well written as this one is. Just on average, I was on average, you know,
0: right. Right. I was going to say... I mean, you still have people making those kinds of artistic... uh, Slower, for lack of a better word, movies. I was going to say the the flashiness and... I wouldn't necessarily say that movie producers and movie makers are treating audiences more like they're stupid. I would say that it's more likely explained as competition, that uh, the nature of entertainment at the time, older, there weren't as many movies being made. There weren't as many. uh, The competition vying for audiences' attention was not as dog eat dog, I guess. Your competition was like musicals, stage plays, Broadway, orchestra, uh, other such things. Sports. Uh, but nowadays you have all of those things and more. You've got YouTube. You've got your your television. Nowadays you've got the movie theater industry like falling apart because of streaming services. People don't care enough to go to the movies all as much. And so I think it's that same kind of thing. Uh, in fact, I was just listening to a different another podcast where they were talking about comedy uh this guy i I don't know who it was but he would watch like america's home funniest uh, funniest home Mm -hmm. videos on youtube or similar things like the i don't fail videos i guess on youtube and see and write his comedy at a similar kind of snappy pace because that that was his true competition not other comedy shows per se but taking people's attention away from something like youtube so that it's it's not so much audiences being stupid, so much as there are a whole lot more things to grab people's attention, and people's attention is grabbed by. You know, movement, dopamine releases in the brain, and that flashiness tends to. And there still is
1: a market for, I guess you could say, like on is very level. And I know there's other companies that make movies, but like A24 puts out movies that are more indie films. They'll pick them up, and not all their films uh, are as equally as good as each other. But there still is like independent film companies that are putting out films that are like unique and creative that maybe don't have as big of a box office that catch the eyes of people who want to maybe dig in with a more slow movie, you could say, Um, one that's maybe has better written dialogue, even if the CG is not as good, and or if there's no CG at all, and just dig into it. So yeah, I guess you're right. I don't think it's I don't think it's that there isn't maybe a market even for movies that are or television shows or whatever you say medium media that's better written, better created. I think it's just The fact that there is so many options now, and that's just not the main, the the main target audience isn't gonna go for it, you know?
0: It could be that the same number of those well-written, slower shows are being made. They're just lost among all of the flashy mm-hmm. garbage. Though so I do think probably there there is a number who are, you know, they've diverted away from that to appeal more to the... So it, it's probably dropped some, yeah. but they're, they're still out there, a number So I just
1: hope that our, I guess what I would say...
0: Because there's still an audience I, I for do those. hope
1: that, and again, this is maybe optimistic, but it would be awesome if the mainstream of society could get back to things that are less vapid and quick. I just, it's, you know, like you're talking about with the dopamine hits and the quick action scenes and stuff like that. Like, that's cool. And there's a place for that. But I feel like our culture's lost something as far as film and cinema and um, television, where it's like people don't want to think anymore about stuff. They just want to feel good. And, you know, I, I'm fine for a feel-good movie, but also I like thought-provoking um, things. You know, that's, I mean, I, you guys could say, because I know you guys are more bookworms than me, although I do read, like, oh, well, just turn to a book. And it's like, well, yes, but I also would like there to be thought provoking media, you know, not just these quick, you know, YouTube snippets, YouTube, uh, or audio sound bites, you know. I'd like people to start thinking more about things and slowing down. All right,
0: and to wrap us up, what is one movie that you think is good, a good suggestion for people to watch? Caleb, you go first.
1: I'd say Zulu. If you're, uh, like, I mean, just, and again, that comes to mind because I just saw it, but it's one of the, if you're really interested in military history, if you're interested in seeing camaraderie be built between people and people standing up in the face of innumerable odds, check out Zulu. It's it's a very well- crafted well put together film and it just you don't see a lot of movies about people having honor or valor necessarily anymore or if you do it's kind of like it it's it's, it doesn't like it doesn't represent like a truly honorable person well but that film is just amazing so i'd say check out zulu you can watch it for free online right now actually with ads (laughs) because i think it's on peacock but that's where i watched it so that's what i would recommend
2: i recommend you watch lord of the Rings the peter jackson films
1: extended cut
0: yeah it should be pretty self-evident why extended cut uh sure why not maybe maybe start with the theatrical cut yeah start with that because that would probably make a better movie more objectively or maybe subjectively speaking it does make a better movie I, i guess the the extended cuts will challenge your attention span
1: there you go get that challenge. for then once some you're reason done, read the
0: books. For some reason the the movie that came to mind for me. Perhaps not so much because I love watching this movie. I've only seen it once. I was going to say 2001: A Space oh, Odyssey. That's a phenomenal film. Because it is weird and everyone should see it at least once. Just because it well, that it's more revolutionary in its special effects. Not so much it's writing and dialogue it's monkeys for like the first 20 minutes of the movie i thought i i thought i accidentally started playing of the <laughs> apes <laughs> i
1: i uh that that film's it's definitely a movie to make and you think, if you're though. sci-fi aficionado also *Hell
0: 9000 go ahead sorry I was going to say HAL 9000 is iconic.
1: Classic sci-fi films. Pretty good.
0: But yeah, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is definitely one that will challenge your attention span as well in a very artistic way.
1: And watch all those movies in one session. Don't leave until... Bring some... Uh Bring some water bottles, so you don't have to get up to go to the bathroom.
0: Two thousand one, the Space Odyssey is two and a <laughs> yeah. half hours long.
1: Yeah, Zulu is two and a half, and Lord of the Rings is well, you I don't know what the length is, but for all three
0: movies, extended cuts, I think it's about eleven hours. It, it, like nine to eleven, somewhere around there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brian's Attic, and of course, a special thank you to our Patreon supporters. If you would like to support Brian's Attic, head over to patreon.com slash Attic, or use the link in the
1: description.